Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Today we are covering Leviticus 22, 23, and 24, and we will complete our reading through the book of Leviticus tomorrow. So uh, we are very close to having completed yet another book of the Bible, and uh, hopefully you have a little bit more understanding of the details of what uh, the Lord wanted his people to do uh, as they were becoming um, familiar with his commands and his ways. And also, hopefully, as we've gone through the book, some applications that have been an encouragement to you as well. But we're not quite finished with Leviticus, so let's make sure that we uh, finish strong. Five observations, Leviticus 22, 23, and 24. Number one, there were sacrifices that were acceptable to the Lord and others that were not. Um, when, when, when we're reading today in Proverbs, uh, I'm sorry, in, in Leviticus uh, 22, in Leviticus 22, I, I want you to make sure and, and observe this, that as these specific details are outlined about sacrifices, the, the important thing to catch is that there were sacrifices pleasing to God. There was worship pleasing to God, but there were also sacrifices that were not pleasing, which means there were people who would go through or could go through um, the right activity, yet their worship is not pleasing to God because it was not done according to His revealed will. Um, so some sacrifices were pleasing, some were not pleasing. That obviously will have a lot of implications for our worship today as well. Number two, the worship of the people was to be in response to God's character and his saving work on their behalf. We read this review of these uh, feasts about the Sabbath and the Passover, the, the first fruits, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Booths. Chapter 23 outlines and reviews all of these um, feast. But what I want you to make sure and observe is that the worship of God's people, all of these feasts, were a response to what the Lord had done for them, how he had provided for them, his character, his saving work for them. They were supposed to stop and, and observe, stop and remember, pause and reflect on what the Lord had done. Number three, the Lord gave them feasts to observe, to teach them to be thankful and to continually think of Him. Why do they need all these feasts? Why all the, the details of what to do and what to bring and how to observe it? Well, the reason is He's teaching His people to be thankful. He's teaching them to continually think of Him. Otherwise, our hearts are prone to forget. Our hearts are prone to wonder. And so the Lord is teaching His people here um, in their, their early infancy of as a nation to build into the rhythm and routine of their life and of their year these times for the purpose of, of building thankfulness and to continually remember, continually think of Him. Number four, just to observe, the feasts are described in order of the annual calendar. So as it's walking you through these feasts, it talks about the Sabbath, and then it walks you through the feasts and gives you 
um, the chronology of them, they're revealed in order of the calendar. Number five, punishment given was to be in accordance with the crime committed. We've seen that before in our reading. It's brought up again at the end of chapter 24, that the punishment should fit the crime, um, that, that the punishment should be limited according to what the crime was. Now, what does all this mean for us? Um, five applications that I think are helpful for us today. Number one, we too have worship that can be pleasing to God or displeasing. I think this is something that we, we never want to forget, that when you go to the church on the Lord's Day um, and you're physically present and, and your mouth sings songs and, 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 and you listen in some way, um, that's good. That's where you should be. But there is a kind of worship that's pleasing to God and a kind of worship that is not. He defines the worship that pleases Him. He defines what we are supposed to do and how we are supposed to respond. When you're worshiping the Lord each day at your house, in your life, as you go, as you work, um, there's a way that we can worship in that sense that is pleasing or displeasing. Uh, Hebrews 13 talks about offering up the sacrifice of praise, that is the fruit of our lips, um, and doing good and not failing to share with others. That it's how we speak, it's how we act, it's how we react to people. All of those things are acts of worship. And when we do them how the Lord's called us to, He's pleased. If we don't, He's not pleased. I think of this um, particularly every Sunday because there are millions of people that go to church. Um, but that doesn't mean there's all of those people who are truly worshiping. Um, the, the worship to be pleasing to God must be done um, in a way that he describes for us that's pleasing to him. Number two, sacrifices in the Old Testament point us to Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. Um, anytime in Leviticus you're reading about the details of these sacrifices, let it remind you um, of the fulfillment of, uh, that we find in Jesus Christ, as we just looked at, this once-for-all sacrifice. John 1, 29, John the Baptist, speaking of him, says the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When you're reading these Old Testament sacrifices, it should drive you to gratitude for the work Christ did. One, because we don't have to do the, the other kinds of sacrifice anymore because Christ fulfilled it. But two, because only Christ could fully, completely, truly, perfectly take away our sin. Number three, true worship is always focused on the Lord and is a response to His grace. This is one of the things that's just missing in so many churches today, where worship has become so man-centered and so worldly. The worship in so many places, unfortunately, is, is driven to say what would um, make the congregation happy. Uh, what do people want? What are people looking for? Now, let's be, let's be you know, sensible here. Um, we, 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 there's no reason trying to make church um, 
unappealing to people in the sense of we want to be kind and gracious and welcoming and 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 do things with excellence but but the question for our worship is not is never and must never be what does an unconverted person want and look for in worship that is just the wrong question because the bible is clear there is worship that's pleasing to god and worship that's not pleasing to god and true worship is always a response to his grace focused on his character. Now, I hope that that as Christians we're inviting unbelievers to church. I hope that as Christians uh, we are seeking to make new people in our churches feel welcomed. I hope that we are going out of our way to be kind and show hospitality and show graciousness and to be patient and loving. All these things that absolutely matter of how we treat people in our churches completely. But The question we ask in planning a time of worship for God's people can never be, what would the unconverted want? What would the unchurched person want? Because our worship is aimed at Christ, and our worship must be a true response to His grace. And if someone doesn't know Christ, if they haven't received His grace, then then they would just be the wrong person standard to say what should our worship look like now again in our churches let's always strive to be friendly and kind and and compassionate let's always remember there are people among us who are hurting who who feel uncomfortable um who who haven't been to church in a long while who um who don't have relationships in the church and and that should should remind us to be gracious and kind to them but our our worship must always be a response to God's grace and someone who doesn't know the Lord the greatest thing we could do for them in a worship service is let them see hear and experience God's people in fullness responding to the Lord in gratitude for the work that he has done number 4 can you tell that, that I, I feel kind of passionate about that? Um, it's just so important, and, and so many churches have just missed this entirely. Uh, our worship is about Christ, focused on Christ, a response to Christ. Number four, uh, how we speak of the Lord is more significant than we realize. That, that comes straight from our reading today, uh, where one blasphemes the Lord. Um, how we speak of the Lord is more significant than we realize. As Christians, the things we say of the Lord should be true. Um, our, our preaching should be consistent with the character of God. Our lives should be consistent with what we preach. And the way that we speak of the Lord uh, is more important than we even realize. Number five, remembering what God has done for us helps us maintain a heart of gratitude and a heart of worship remembering what god has done for us helps us maintain a heart of gratitude and of worship we need to remember the lord that's why in our families we need to read the bible think of the bible talk about the bible that's why with our friends we should be talking about what we're learning that's why uh, when we gather for worship and bible studies We should be thinking about the Lord. We need to remember what He has done and who He is. And that gives us a heart of gratitude 
And that leads us into a response of worship. And then finally, a summary from the first half of Proverbs 17. Uh, several just great, great verses that jump out to me here. But I would summarize the chapter, the half chapter, in this way. Do your part to eliminate strife and protect friendships. Um, verse 1, better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Verse 9, whoever repeats a matter separates close friends. So um, let's seek to eliminate strife. Let's seek to protect friendships by doing things um, that promote trust and kindness and eliminating things uh, that would be hurtful and promote strife. All right, um, we're almost through with Leviticus, almost another full book of the Bible we have read and walked through. Read carefully today, think carefully about the applications, and seek to live them out in your life today. Be blessed.